Jewish audio on Chabad.org. So where is Mount Sinai? It's so strange. We have so many sacred spaces that existed in the history of the Jewish people where we go and pray, we go and connect. Think of the Kotel, the Western Wall. Think of so many other places in our history that have a crucial role in Jewish life today. But Mount Sinai, we don't even know where it is. What happened? Why is it that we don't consider Mount Sinai a sacred space for generations? The answer is so simple and so powerful. You see, when God gave the Jewish people at Mount Sinai, He gave them the Torah along with a mandate and a responsibility and a mission. We receive the Torah so that we take the Torah from Mount Sinai and we bring it with us wherever we may find ourselves across the globe. The purpose of the giving of the Torah was not for the Torah to remain on high, not for the Torah to get stuck in the sacred places, but for the Torah to go high and low, far and near. Wherever a Jew goes, the Torah goes with him. The purpose of the Ten Commandments being given at Mount Sinai is to merge heaven and earth, is to bring the highest of the high all the way down to the lowest of the low. And this is why Mount Sinai does not have permanent holiness. Because God told the Jewish people at Mount Sinai, I don't want to make this mountain holy. I want to make you holy so you can take this holiness and bring it with you wherever you go. The Torah is not specifically connected to Mount Sinai. The Torah is deeply, intimately connected with every place where you find yourself. That's the message of this week's Torah portion. Have Torah will travel. Take the Torah with you. Bring it in your life, in your workplace, in your community, in your family. Wherever you go, wherever you are, a Jew brings the light and the inspiration of Torah along with him. Sometimes we wonder and question, why is it that we publicly express our Jewishness in all kinds of places? Why is it that sometimes a Chabad Chassid will encourage a Jew to put on fill in the middle of the airport or the train station? This is not the place. This is not the synagogue. This is the message of Mount Sinai, the message of the Torah given to us in this week's Torah portion. Take it with you. Make every place holy and sacred. Transform every moment from mundane to spiritual. This is the message of this week. Take the holiness of the Torah. Take it beyond Mount Sinai. There is no location where the Torah is meant to be associated with. If Mount Sinai would still be around, we would say that's where the Torah is. The message is, no, the Torah is here and there and absolutely everywhere. For this week's story, oh, what a story. Incredible story about a young man who was able to transform a simple mundane flight, an airplane flight from point A to point B into an uplifting spiritual experience that affected so many people. My friends, join me as we go back in time to 30 years ago, shortly after the fall of the Soviet Union. This is a flight that went from Moscow to New York City, a flight that was run by Delta Airlines in partnership with Lufthansa. We have over here a young rabbinical student who spent some time in Moscow trying to help the Chabad presence deal with the influx of interest by so many Jewish people who are suddenly excited to reconnect with the Jewish faith. Under communist oppression, they grew up with no Judaism, not even a Brit Milah, nothing. 
And now is an opportunity, communism fell. You are now allowed to engage in Jewish study, Jewish religion, Jewish ritual. So many Jews are pouring into the synagogues, trying to learn, trying to discover, trying to find the treasures that they never had access to. And this Chabad rabbinical student was given the gift to spend a few months in Moscow following the fall of communism in that summer of 1990. And I was going back to New York and he finds himself on the flight. He's trying to sleep a little bit. It's a long flight. He's exhausted. It's been a very, very nonstop few months of hard work. And there he is on this flight, excited for the arrival of his delicious kosher meal by the flight attendant. The flight attendant hands him his meal. You know, those days when you got your meal, your kosher meal, there was a big sticker plastered across the front with your name prominently displayed. And he gets up to go wash his hands for the hamotzi so he can eat the roll that was given to him in his kosher dinner. And the way he notices, wow, this flight is really packed. Half the flight was Russian Jews who were traveling to New York, many of whom never had the opportunity to leave the country before because of the Iron Curtain that did not allow Jews in Russia to freely leave their country. He's walking back from the sink, going to his seat. His stomach is grumbling, excited to dig into this kosher dinner when he notices, to his surprise, that his food is gone. Someone took his kosher meal. He couldn't believe it. With his stomach grumbling, he starts walking up and down the aisles to try to find it. And sure enough, he sees it. There, just down the plane, towards the back, there's a guy enjoying his delicious kosher meal. But his name is displayed right there on the cover of the package. He says to the guy, hey, this is my meal. And the guy looks at him a little sheepishly, a little embarrassed, and he says, I'm sorry, I, I'm Jew. I saw kosher food on the plane. I got excited. I took it. Kosher food. I grew up with no kosher food. I grew up with no Judaism. Nothing. I just knew I'm a Jew. And I have some bruises that prove that I was beaten up for being a Jew. But now I can't believe I'm going to America. And not only I'm going to America, but on the plane, kosher food. I couldn't resist. I, I, I'm so sorry. This young rabbinical student looks at the man and he says, you know, I, 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 I appreciate your emotion, but I'm hungry. And uh, there's no other kosher food on this plane. And then he starts thinking to himself, this is exactly what Abraham did. Abraham offered food to people in a place where there was no other food in the desert. So he turns to the man and he says, uh, could you pay me for the meal? And the man says, how much money do you want for this kosher meal? So this young student looks at him and says, I really could charge you a lot of money because there's no other kosher meals available on this flight. And there's no supermarkets you can go to here as we're flying 3,000 feet in the air. But I'm not going to charge you. I'm going to offer you the same deal that our father Abraham offered in the Holy Torah. You could pay me $1,000 for this meal, some outlandish amount of money. Or I have a better offer. If you put on tefillin with me, you won't have to pay and you can enjoy the dinner. The man looks at him and says, that's it? Pazalshta, I'll put on tefillin. I haven't done that ever in my life. I remembered seeing my grandfather doing it in the back room in the home, but I never had the guts or the courage to be such an active Jew at a time when it was illegal and dangerous to do so. So they go to the galley. And there they are on the back of the plane, putting on tefillin. Now, my friends, 
I want you to open up your heart for this because at that moment, the most amazing thing happens. Remember, this is just after the fall of communism. The Soviet, former Soviet Union is falling apart. Thousands of Jews are coming out from the cellars, trying to connect, to discover, to find meaning in their identity, which unfortunately never had a chance to access until then. So as this rabbinical student, on the back of this flight, this Delta flight from Moscow to New York, as they're rapping to fill in, this guy's friend sitting next to him says, hey, I'm also Jew. I also want fill in. He says, sure, come put on fill in. My friend, after that, a third one, a fourth one, a fifth one, before you knew it, there was a line of 23 Russian Jews rolling up their sleeves in the back of this flight from Moscow to New York, one after another putting on tefillin, crying out, Shema Yisrael. Everybody on that plane began to sense that something special is going on. At that moment, the flight attendant comes over and says, what's going on? We're not allowed to gather together in the galley. So the young rabbinical students start telling this flight attendant that I, I want you to understand that these are Jewish people who never had the chance to put on tefillin and now they're traveling and they're leaving Russia and they're so, and he tries to describe to her the meaning of what this is, what we're witnessing right here. We are witnessing Mount Sinai, 3,000 feet above the earth, above the ground. We are witnessing Mount Sinai. We are witnessing Jewish people who are discovering their neshama for the first time. She looks around. She was surrounded by so much emotion and tears. And she looks at this rabbinical student and says, you know what? I'm also a Jew. I'm a Sephardic Jew from Rhode Island. He looks at her, this flight attendant and he says, wow. And before he could say another word, she walks away. He thought to himself, okay, at least she'll let us continue. And he continues to rap, number 18, number 19. And then to his shock and to his surprise, he suddenly hears a voice on the sound system, on this plane, this flight from Moscow to New York, my friends. All of a sudden he hears on the microphone, your attention please. Passengers on the flight, number 1122 from Moscow to New York. We just want to share a community service announcement. Just so you should all be aware, there's a Jewish rabbinical student in the galley ready to put on tefillin, phylacteries, with anybody who would like. If you are a Jewish man on this flight, there is a Jewish custom to put on the tefillin straps. And we want you to know that there is a young rabbinical student in the back of the plane who is happy to provide this service free of charge for all Jewish men on this flight. He hears those words. You couldn't believe what's happening. Sure enough, my friends, on that flight from Moscow to New York, this young rabbinical student put on tefillin with 67 people. Everybody on that flight was experiencing a real high, not only because they were thousands of feet above the ground, but because at that moment, the Torah was given once again on that flight from Moscow to New York, when so many Jewish people were able to experience the revelation of Mount Sinai. They were able to feel the power of a soulful moment with their soul connecting with the tefillin, connecting with Hashem, connecting with the Shema Yisrael at that moment. This is what Mount Sinai is all about. Transforming a simple flight into the most uplifting spiritual experience. And I conclude the story by telling you that today, so many years later, 
There are tons, tens of Jewish people around the world who are putting on tefillin every day because of that moment and that experience that they had on that flight. So it doesn't matter where you may be, my friends, wherever you go, wherever you are, whether it's on a flight or on a train, whether it's in the downtown of your city or whether it's in the back of your car, wherever you are, you meet a fellow Jew, you can bring heaven down to earth and create Mount Sinai in that spot.